back to the Bulls and the Bears, sponsored by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. I'm Aaron Warby, and I am here with my beautiful wife, Tarina Warby. Hello, how are you guys? On. I'm glad to be here. It's great. Yeah. All right. So in this uh, in this episode, I want to talk about uh, you know what I would consider some very important things, and um, and I'm, I'm going to base this kind of on the Social Security side. Okay, so okay. so this is kind of a retirement segment, but we need to look at Social Security um, and and stare it down because there's some things that that we really need to accept uh, that are going on here. So, right. you know, the AARP and individual um, government entities have reviewed the expenditures of Social Security and said that it will it's going to be out of money and not be able to support its current activity by 2032. Now, in that just, and that's pretty much what they said when they said, well, we're going to use the Social Security to balance the budget in the uh, 90s. That was back, in, yeah. In the 90s, and they're like, that is not sustainable. You can't do that. And all these people paid into this fund, and and pretty much it has gone exactly the way they said it would. Yes. It's just It's just heartbreaking because that's not right. I mean, that was supposed to be like sacred funds for people who are in their older years, and and to take care of it, they always had their Social Security. Nobody had a retirement until we established Social Security fund um, after the Great Depression, right? Right. And so, and I just remember my old, my grandparents, you know, using that and, and it, it helped them. I mean, they had other things to help them in their retirement and such. But now I just look at them like, oh my gosh, it's going to be 2032. Well, yeah. So and what are we going to do? How are we going to stabilize yeah, people, older people? Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know, back back when your grandparents were, they also had pensions around, if they yeah, worked for a company. They grew up stuff. in the industrial age, and in the industrial age, we retired with what's called pensions. Right, mm-hmm. you work at a company, and the company would put aside money for you, and then you stop working at the company, but they keep paying you, mm-hmm. um, and you get a pension you until you yeah, for the rest of your life. Uh, and then to supplement that, then you had social security. Social security. All right now. We live now in the information age, and in the information age, we don't have pensions anymore because pensions, from a company's perspective, right? If you think about it from the, you know, owner's perspective, the owners of companies, pensions suck. You've got a bunch of people that aren't working for you, and you're still paying them. But oh, yeah. See, and that's where my side comes in, and my liberal side com- comes in, <laughs> and it's just like liberals. <laughs> I know but like where I'm all but that is the best way to to take care of the people who gave their lives for your company and to make it a stable company because if you didn't have to retrain someone every five years you could have I mean new blood is great I agree with that but you could have a very stable company and then when they retire, you say, thank you for your work. We appreciate you staying here. So I didn't have to pay $55,000 well, to retrain someone every five years, but you were there for 25 years, you know, so four people, you saved me money on four people. And so that goes to you. And those pension funds were set aside for them, right? And yeah. so they weren't able to touch it, that money, right? But then because, and this is, Never mind. I'm going to get on my soapbox and nobody's going to like it. But like with it, but I do feel like CEOs a lot of times get paid too much money and they don't need that much money to survive and they're surviving well and so you are like not they rob like a capitalist. Here. I, 
<laughs> and they rob. No, I think I'm talking like a capitalist who is a conservative capitalist who's who says don't rob your business all the time is is yeah. to go about it, you know, being being conservative and conservative growth. But that's well, not the age that we're in right now. And it, so no. And and it was we an need experiment. to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is that is that uh, even pensions were an experiment that failed, right? So for GM, they all tried to keep their pensions, mm-hmm. but but when the, the 2008 crash came, you remember pensions died. They did. They right. did, and they had to like. They were like, now yeah. we're only giving you fifty cents on the dollar or twenty five cents on the dollar it wasn't of your because pension. Because Ford or GM was dipping into the pension fund. That's not what happened. Okay. You know, the fact is, because I thought is, they is that... asked if they could, in union, with mm. when they were when they were settling things with the union. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, the other one that failed was Teamsters, and again, they didn't. It was a totally separate fund from the company that they worked with. Uh, so the company couldn't even take the funds. But because funds always count on the markets doing better than the markets actually do, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it failed, you know, they the input to the pension fund didn't equal the output that was now there. It it dropped so far, it dropped more than fifty percent, and so and so you know they they couldn't keep up with the number of people that were already retired. So now what do you do? You know, here we've got um, pension funds uh, and state pension funds especially are in trouble right now, mm-hmm. right? You've got uh, Social Security that's looking like it's in trouble. You've got uh, you've got 401ks instead of pensions in today's age, and 401ks aren't producing well. Uh, you know, back when, when we switched from the industrial age to the information age, the CEOs all thought, all right, well, pensions kind of suck for the company. Um, and it's a real drain on resources when things are already bad. So we need to convince everybody that uh, instead of giving them a pension, we're going to let them, you know, if they they can be here for just 10, 15 years and still take their their pension with them, we're going to call it the 401k, and it's going to be great for everybody. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 401ks were never built to be a full retirement. They were built back in the pension era to be a supplement to pensions. And they didn't really change form, fit, or function but they simply got a new name called called So retirement. instead of getting an na- and you and you yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you so, I want to say anonymity and it's not an annuity. An annuity. Yes. Instead of doing that, they're like, "Hey, why don't you do a pension fund instead?" Well, yeah, annuities I'm not a pension, a 401k fund that will supplement your pension cuz annuities are there uh, to kind of give you a little bit annuities of Annuities typically work out better for the insurance company than they do for the people. They do, but but what I'm saying is it, it was kind of it was kind of like an annuity. Well, the pension fund was always something more like a really beefed up 401k. Well, I know, but I meant like so the 401k was kind of away an annuity yeah yeah they separated they separated the the pension from the um you know from the business altogether and just all right we're now gonna, we're just going to do 401k. 401k and so that will yeah. so it's there to replace the pension fund right but i mean but now you have to have 401k managers and so instead of investing in the company itself right, right. so the ford company what they would do is they would put the money aside and invest in their own stock 
and then pay the dividends out and it would go into the pension fund. Right. Uh, on their profits or? Right, on their profits okay. and all of the rest of it. So instead of doing that, now they separate the car from the horse and say, hey, here's a 401k and we're going to have 401k managers. And, and they can put, invest whatever you yeah, want. Whatever in they want. Wherever. Put it in mutual funds. High fine. risk. It's whatever. off of our yeah, books altogether. No longer our, li- our liability. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 401ks haven't performed well. Right. Right. Because they can't short the market and they can't pull out their well, their stocks slowly yeah. and then buy back when it goes lower. You just have to hold on to those stocks until what you until you you actually stop the four hundred one k. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so cash out. You know, I'm going to get to this a little bit later. Stuff, as right? To, Am I looking at this correctly? Or kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. Let me go through some statistics. So you know, <laughs> he's saying, Trina, you're jumping ahead, <laughs> and you're you're really not. You don't even know what you're talking about. No, I love you. You're very (laughs) insightful. Too insightful right now. We'll see. Back it off. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. So where this is coming from is there was an article out there and it said eight in 10 people oppose raising full retirement age for Social Security. Right. Now, this is a smart asset um, article by Brian J. O'Connor on May 17th. and it basically runs through saying, hey, yeah, you know, we're seeing that that uh, Social Security is having problems, mm-hmm. but eight in 10 Americans don't want problems. And so currently up on the Hill. <laughs> I don't want problems either. <laughs> yeah. Currently up on the Hill, they're debating what to do about this in order to extend the life of Social Security. And there's some popular things that to talk about and some very unpopular things. And so, um, and so one of the things to, that talk about, and this is what France did. All right, France raised the age where you could retire. They okay. raised it from 62 up to up to 64. 64. And this became a real problem and there were riots. We should in the all streets, move right? to France because it's still a year better than what we get. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so kidding. here at 65, that's right. <laughs> here at 65, they want to push it to 67. That's one of the that's one of the things to do, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and 8 out of out of 10 Americans oppose raising it to 67. Okay. So now let me give you some other statistics here, okay? Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten people oppose having their taxes raised to pay for their own retirement. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yes. Nine out of ten. Yes. Mm. Well, and the strange thing is, is that France has one of the yeah. highest tax burdens <laughs> in Europe, <laughs> they and they still have to raise the retirement age. Yes. Yes. So. Seven out of ten voters... Um, Seven out of ten voters in a recent poll support the idea that the taxes on that that they should tax the wealthy and corporations more to pay for the sh- shortfalls of Social Security. Well, maybe that will work because everybody will think, "Well, I'm not paying taxes," but those corporations will raise their prices, and everyone will be like, "Oh, okay." Well, yeah. I'll just so that they can get more money, and so they're so that the so the corporations don't have to lose their bottom line and they can still make money. And so they'll well, just raise the rates and then you're still getting taxed. So if you want to, if okay. we want to tax the rich, then we'll probably get taxed. Well, so, so let, let's talk about that in a minute after the next statistic. Okay. okay? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, well, kind well, of. Kind of. Let, See, we'll, we'll you guys, it's always like kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. All right. So next statistic, 10 out of 10 millionaires and billionaires oppose having their taxes raised to pay for everyone else's retirement. Can you believe that? That <laughs> yes. is another statistic that's just mind-blowing. Once again, you, you will go to my liberal side. That <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but now, let's, now let's talk about the idea of raising taxes on corporations in order to pay for their, their retirement, okay? Uh, this is always, always a hat trick. 
Yeah. All right. Raising taxes on corporations never in the long run works. Okay. Because where do you think the corporations get their money? They get it from the people. Yes. They the sell products or services to the general public. So if the costs go up on the, on the corporations, mm-hmm. they raise their prices in order to pay for it. Yeah. Which means that the American people are being taxed for their own retirement. That's what I was trying to say. You just did it more concisely. (laughs) So that's good. But that's what I was trying to say. I'm like, well, you'll just be taxed in the end. So the only way this doesn't hit the common man is to raise taxes on millionaires and billionaires. But 10 out of 10 of of them oppose it. So they'll just raise their prices. Yes. Chances are we're, we're either going to, you know, have changes in Social Security benefits, as in age requirements or... Or the people will simply uh, get less money uh, from Social Security. They're not going to raise it with the inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, or there's going to be new taxes one way or another, whether from inflation or whether in in paychecks. Yeah, and that's really what it's going to come down to. So, the average person or we'll is just in keep trouble, raising the debt limit and printing more money, which raises inflation. inflation. It's another hat trick. It's just another way and it's to just tax a calming, the people. It's just a calming measure yes. to calm us all down. We're going in for a soft landing. Yes. It may be a hard landing. What does that mean? <laughs> it may be a banana. It may be a quamquat yep. stock market or economy. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So again, because, because 401ks have failed as a retirement plan, right? The average 401k at 65, according to bankrate.com, is just shy of 280,000, 279,000, right? Mm-hmm. On bankrate.com. Yeah. And now the only way to retire with that little is to have Social Security propping up the budget. You, you can't you can't retire with 280 unless you have another source of income also. Mm-hmm. Um, so without right. fixing Social Security, we will see. Well, I guess you could, but I mean, the way to do that is is to only live for like three years. No, I right? thought I thought you. <laughs> so when you said, but Social Security will prop up the budget, I was like. Oh no, Congress, please don't go back and get that. And that's why I was like, No, I was oh. talking about personal budgets. Personal yeah. bu- And then all of a sudden I was like, personal Oh, he's talking budgets, about personal yeah. budgets. Yeah, that that's what it's you know, there to help supplement. Yeah. yeah. So without fixing Social Security, we're going to see the average retired individual slip into poverty and enter government welfare. Because if you if Social Security starts failing and we don't do anything about it, and the average person only has two hundred and eighty for retirement, then that is poverty within a couple of years right yeah we have to come to some kind yeah. of good so conclusion. so what do we do all right the only way uh, to retire with that little is to have social security so the public the politicians i'm sorry either have to raise taxes which gets politicians fired by the way yeah or they have to uh decrease um decrease benefits which by the way gets politicians fired, fired. so what do you do or what do you think is going to happen? You raise the debt limit and you print more money. That's which, what I think is going passes, to happen. Yeah. Yeah, which passes on inflation, inflation, which is just another tax. And it hurts our future generation. And ultimately, it puts the retired people in the exact same spot. Still fighting for, for nickels because now, even though they're getting Social Security, inflation is eating it all up. Right? Yeah. All right. So here's the obvious answer to me. How about you don't be average? right (laughs) so if you're doing the same thing the average person is doing what you've got going on is a 401k and social security 
maybe let's not be average. All right. Uh, according to creditdonkey.com, mutual funds, which which comprise the 401k, mm-hmm. they perform at just 4.67% annually over the last, over a 20 year period, right? From 20, mm-hmm. 2000 to 2020, that was the study. 4.67%. That's awful. Hasn't fared much better over the last couple of years, I'll tell you that, right? Okay. Okay. Um, and that's just not going to retire. 4.67% not going to retire anybody. All right. Well, with the cost of living adjustments. Yeah. Probably not. Credit Donkey also in the same study showed that the S&P 500 ETF, SPY, Mm -hmm. right? Which is basically the same thing as mutual fund, by the way, performed at 8.19%, much better than 4.67%. It is. Yeah. Um, this means that a person investing in a, into a 401k would have to contribute 238% more than a person over a 40-year working period to have the same retirement sum as the person investing just in the S&P 500 using 4.67% as an average and using 8.19 as an average. It's not bad. Yes. So if the average person is in a 401k, and the 401k is using mutual funds, mm-hmm. don't be average, okay? You, you can do much better elsewhere. You, the thing is, is that just that little change going from, from mutual funds to uh, S&P 500, which you can do on your own. Can make a huge difference. Yeah, and there's not an ounce more of risk in the S&P 500 ETF than there is in mutual funds because it's the same thing. One is a basket of a couple hundred uh, stocks called a mutual fund. Mm-hmm. And the risk management is all in the idea that it's diversified. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a basket of 500 of the best performing stocks in the financial markets mm-hmm. called the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And it manages risk by, guess what? Diversifying into 500 different stocks. So if it's the same thing, the same risk, why not take the one that pays better? And if you can learn like where are good prices to buy a stock and where are good prices to sell a stock. And then, you know, and, and watching the movement of the charts and judge and, and have some risk management stop losses. And you can trade the, the, you can trade two ways on the stock. So you, and you can get rid of it. If it's dropping, you can get rid of it. And when it gets to a better price, you can buy it and let it go back up and yeah. not lose as much because of 401k, they never sell it. All right. To so, like buy back at a lower price. If those if they're if those companies are going down and your mutual fund is going down and not making yes. the the profit that you had hoped it would, that's what happened in 2008 and 2009 when people were like I just watched my 401k get cut in half. Is because they that's because they're because they're um, the rules that are governed on 401ks, they can't do that. Yeah. You can move more effectively as a personal trader as you learn the rules, tools of right, the, right. And of so, what, what Trina is talking about is even in your wealth buckets, when you're managing your own, you've got a lot more tools at your disposal than than any of these so-called professionals running funds. I mean, you right? can even do like, you could do an SPY in the futures market, you know, and, and yeah, as long as you understood the, yeah, and if you understand leverage <clears throat> and you understood stop losses and, and how you, in your protection yeah. and risk management, then you could actually um, outperform the market. Well, you could you could outperform your 401k. Well, it's Potentially possible. Potentially possible. It's possible. possible We're not saying... 
In fact, Peter Lynch is on your side. So before you before you start re- retracting, <laughs> retracting too much and be Peter you know, Lynch is on my side. Yeah, doing the political thing. Uh, you know, Peter Lynch said that a an individual trained and perf- and using uh, the tools that they have should be able to outperform the market. Yeah, that's what he said. And what you're talking about is using professional tools. So for those of you that that don't understand what Tarina was talking about, here's what she's saying: If you held the SPY. All right. The professional precept is don't lose because you don't have to. So what if every time it made a new high, you set a stop so that if it started dropping, it automatically sells and you sell out at, at a relative high and you let it go down until it stops going down and it starts basing out, doing what's basing out. And then you buy back in and yeah. now you've caught both close to the top and close to the bottom. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, there it is, you know, and, and you can see the movements mm-hmm. because you can see big company buy-ins, buy like right. big big brokerage houses buying in and stuff. And so you're seeing these movements and you're like, and, and as you study a chart, you can see the changes in the chart and you're like, I know what's going on right there. You know, I mean, and you always put a stop loss because, you know, you're not a hundred percent right all the time. Yeah, but we don't so crystal ball gaze here. We don't here. crystal ball gaze here. We want we want to make sure that we're, you know, we always have enough to trade the next day and stuff. And but so we're looking at the charts. But as you study them, you all yeah. of a sudden understand the movements. But and even stuff. in your investments, if you mm-hmm. didn't know how to use protective puts or anything like that, you can still use what we call. Uh, either trailing stops or laddering stops, okay? Yeah. And what Trina was talking about is more like a laddering stop, meaning that that in, while the market is in a bull run, yeah. you simply let it keep going up and every once in a while go and move your stop up, all right? And once it's above your buy-in area, then, hey, now you don't have any risk in the markets, right? It's going to sell out higher than where you bought it. So go ahead and move that stop, and every time it makes a new high, move move it higher, and eventually it's going to get to a high and it's going to drop off because markets always do. Yep. But the idea is, is that if you're always taking the losses with the market, then you're never actually getting ahead. And you're not really gaining. Yeah. If you and can so- be like Warren Buffett, who's sitting on $88 billion of cash right now, waiting for the markets to go down. I want to be like Warren Buffett. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then you get out close to the top and you get in close to the bottom. Yeah. That's just how you do it. You're just patient. You're and just if like, Warren okay. Buffett thinks he can do it, then maybe you can too. What it's going to take, maybe a little bit of training. So, and he can't even move as versatilely as you can because yes. he has so much money and because he's because he is an institution. Yeah. Stops do not work for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, he, he's making the move. He is a market maker. That's right. So he's, he's, he, so he he's making his stuff. He, knows he, where, makes, he the makes the bottom and he makes the high <laughs> and stuff. So, yep. but he can't hide his trades. No, he, he can't. He can't hide them because of the amount that he's buying. That's exactly right. Anyway, to learn more about how to trade and invest properly, how the professionals do it, how Warren Buffett's doing it, how Peter Lynch, how everybody's doing it that's actually been trained on Wall Street, come into one of our classes. All right. We've got uh, free three hour classes. Mm-hmm. Um, it costs you nothing except your time for the three hour class, for the three hour class, except okay? for your time. And it's a lot of really good information. You can do it in person or online. Let me just throw out a little bit of advice. People tend to learn better in person, <laughs> which is why I love teaching in-person classes. All right, I, I love teaching classes. I watch, I watch, you know, I, I watch as I stand there at the board and we do math in the markets, and I see the lights come on. Oh, that's how it works. And if you're you know? afraid of math, this is simple math. This is not algebra, yeah. so don't worry. It's yeah. just simple. So, 
elementary math. Yeah, a little sacrifice today makes a world of difference tomorrow. Come in and sit through the class, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not you're not going to be wasting your time. But if you just can't make it, go online. All right, so you can register for the class. Uh, just go to www.tradingacademy.com. Again, that's www.tradingacademy.com. And uh, you'll see a little register button. Hit that, and it'll find a class near you or an online class, your choice. Mm-hmm. All right, if you happen to be in the Phoenix area, then you can do that class and a three-day class. Now, the three-day class is specifically for those that are either already trading and want to up their game, mm-hmm. all right, and learn how to do it better, because uh, we'll go through the strategies and, and the methodologies and how to find the, the lows and in highs the in the different markets and a little bit more depth. That's right. And we'll talk about all of the different markets, and uh, you can say, hey, I was missing out on things. All right. So if that's your style and you know you want to trade and invest, come to the three-day class. Uh, we're going to do one or two of those a month, but call and look for a date. Uh, it's typically $299, but if you call from this podcast, you get a 66% discount. All right? Okay. So give us a call. The number is 8448-TRADER. Just tell the person who answers that you want the three-day class. For how much? $99. $99. Yeah, okay. just tell them, Did I you want say the that $99 I heard the class. percent discount, and I was like, Dude, I'm doing, I'm doing yeah. the math. $299, 66% off, so a third $99. of that, 99 bucks. Sweet, not a bad deal. Yep. All right, so the number again, 8448-TRADER. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us uh, for upcoming podcasts, and we will um, we'll see you.